On today's episode of the Locked On Texan podcast, the Sean Payton news drops. We also talk to Brandon K. Scott. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Thursday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. With promo code locked on. So make sure you visit prizepicks.com and use promo code locked on. I'm John Hickman, joined by none other than Cody Davis. And some good news in the city of Houston. I think probably the best news of it all right now. We look at off the field and things that really matter. John Mechie's recovery, uh, recovery is going. Amazing right now. That was some news shared by Nick Casario. So Cody and I will take time out on tomorrow's episode to discuss that and discuss what that could possibly mean for the future of this franchise on the offensive side of the ball. But when we look at the business side of things, the biggest story surrounding the Houston Texans firing Lovey Smith, their ex-head coach now, but even bigger, the search for a new head coach. And that head coach candidate list includes the likes of Jonathan Gannon, Ben Johnson, D'Amico Ryans is somebody that Houston, Texas, want to interview and has requested to talk to. But things got a little bit more interesting on Wednesday. Hmm. Some gas was thrown on that fire as Sean Payton's name came up. Houston has requested to interview Sean Payton as soon as they possibly can. And, you know, Cody, this is a team that if Sean Payton were to come to Houston on a deal, they, they will have to give up their, one of their first-round picks. Of course, it won't be the number two overall pick. It'll likely be the number 12 overall pick. Not likely. It'll be that pick hmm. over to the New Orleans Saints. Uh, that has happened before. When we look at the Pats with Bill Belichick, Oakley with John Gruden, uh, Bill Parcells with the Patriots, Bill, Bill Belichick with the Jets. So these have hap- these things have happened in the past before, but does it even make sense to jeopardize a first-round pick, to bring in Sean Payton, send that over to New Orleans, or are there other options out there that make more sense for Houston than just bringing in a Sean Payton? I will be all for this had the Texans lost Sunday's game got the number one overall pick. That way you knew for sure that unless something changes, this team was going to draft Bryce Young. And the only reason why I'm going that route is because we all know Sean Payton history. You know, nobody knows it and loves it more than me. Probably my favorite coach in NFL history. Don't get me started with the NOLA, baby. But with all that, look at John face. But with all of that being said, um, I think the pairing of a potential Sean Payton and Bryce Young would have been perfect. Um, Like I mentioned, had the Houston Texans had more of a defined role, a defined path to get Bryce Young with them dropping down to number two. I'm starting to hear rumors that the Indianapolis Colts might trade with the Chicago Bears and they might have an opportunity to take Bryce Young with that first overall pick. However, with all that being said, 
even in a situation like that, and I know I might kind of contradict myself here a little bit, I still won't feel that comfortable only because this team has too many holes to fill. And the one thing that I want to see, whether it's Bryce Young, whether it's CJ, they need to make sure that they put their quarterback in a great position so they can go out there and succeed. We saw what Davis Mills was working with last year. And even though I do believe, let's say for the sake of this argument, they do keep this whole entire wide receiving core intact. I still believe like CJ Bryce, I think they will be better than Davis Mills, but at the same time, they will still struggle to move the to, to move the ball down the field because that wide receiving core, let's be real, is not really good outside of the potential of a Nico Collins. And as of right now, Nico Collins have not shown us that he can I stay like Amari Rogers for the future as well, by the way. Uh, I mean, Amari Rogers, you know, CJ Moore, no disrespect to neither one of those guys. But in terms of putting your quarterback in a really good or a damn good situation, they have to boost their wide receiving core. And I think that's why their second first round pick, which is number 12, correct? It's going to be very valuable for a team like the Houston Texans. And, you know, we know what Sean Payton could do, um, especially with a smaller quarterback, i.e. Drew Brees. But I think what also helped them in New Orleans was the fact that the Saints had a lot more veterans and it was a little bit more of a free agency destination, how the way he was able to set the foundation of that Saints franchise for what that, that ran for almost 20 years. It was, they was almost together for what, almost 20 years. I think someone in the ballpark of, of what, 16, 17 years. But I just think that this team isn't in a position to give up a first round pick, regardless of who that head coach is. And I hate to say it because you know how much I love Sean Payton, but you know, I, I don't think it'll be a good fit. Yeah, and I'm I'm going to piggyback off of you, Cody, by saying, can another coach build your franchise without giving up that pick? And I think mm-hmm. in this coaching search, in this cycle, I think that answer is yes. I think that you can find what you're looking for offensively in the Ben Johnson. I think you can find what you're looking for offensively in the Mike Kafka and those, allow those guys to pick the personnel and the, and the coaching staff that they want to bring in in Houston and not meddle in that. I think you can find those things. And also keep, <clears throat> also keep what you work for, right? You work mm-hmm. for that number twelve overall mm-hmm. pick by trading Deshaun Watson, got him out the pain here in Houston, got that pick back from the Browns, and he was suspended. The Browns weren't very good with or without him. That led you to the number twelve overall pick, and with that pick, you're looking at a team like you said, Cody. So I'm going to mirror a lot of what you said. You know, if you do go quarterback, I'm saying if I, I, I think it's you know. A given, right? It gotta but, be. It better be. It better be, right? But <laughs> crazier things have happened. But you go with quarterback number two overall, your first pick on the board. With number 12, it makes sense to go out there and pair that quarterback, or at least pair your franchise rather, with an explosive and dynamic wide receiver. Hell, if one of those defensive players are available that you really like and you really have your eyes on and you scout it and believe that this guy can be somewhat of a difference maker on your defense and he's available at number 12, then you go out there and bring that guy in as well. So uh, again, I like Sean Payton and I think what Sean Payton immediately brings that no other coach will bring is the excitement back to this franchise. Mm -hmm. Immediately. We have guys that we like, right? We (laughs) like Ben Johnson. We like Mike Kafka. Um, You know, a lot of us, and I'm saying us, I mean like media guys or fans of the team, 
like D'Amico Ryans. I think when you look at D'Amico, you can probably compare D'Amico to the likes of Sean Payton in terms of restoring faith and excitement to this franchise, considering what he did for this franchise. Rookie of the year, one of the all-time greats for this franchise, the best linebacker in franchise history. Mm-hmm. And you look at Sean Payton, Super Bowl winning champ, Super Bowl winning coach, got there a couple of times, and what he's been able to do, what he was able to do with New Orleans for that long time. Uh, those two guys immediately bring excitement back. But excitement, I don't think, should always come at the expense of losing out on how you're able to build brick by brick. And I think with number two and number 12, those are the brick by brick, excuse me, options to build this franchise up. So I'm not 100% against it, but I'm not 100% for it. And I think that, again, are there any other coaches out there in this cycle that you believe and trust can do the same thing for your franchise that a Sean Payton can do. There's only one other coach that will bring that excitement and, and enjoyment back to the fan base, and that's D'Amico. But if we're looking at meaningful wins in the future, I don't think sacrificing that number 12 pick right now is, 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 is the right move to do. I could be wrong in the next couple of months. I could change my mind depending on what happens with the coaching staff and, and what they're able to do in free agency. But as of right now, I'm going to go against it. BetOnline is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get all of the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season, basketball, and the World Cup. They've got it all over at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is always where the game starts. And I'm also really geeked out by our new partner and sponsor of today's episode, the mobile game Ultimate Football GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your own football franchise, your dream can come true, and this game is definitely for you. Manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, making draft picks, and navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft and all of the ups and downs of the season. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline, so you can play on the go as you want to, when you want to. Our Locked On Texans listeners get 100% Free boost a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code locked on in all caps in the game store. That's locked on in all caps. So make sure you check it out today. And again, to download the game, just visit ultimate gm.com or look it up on your app store. That's ultimate gm.com. The ultimate football general manager game is where you can start your fantasy today. Um, I would say this day, um, you know, it's been a hard day. It's been a rough day, but I would say it's been a very thoughtful and productive day. Uh, I've had the opportunity to meet with essentially all of our coaches here in the building um, that are on staff for their feedback, for their perspective on where they see things. Had an opportunity to meet with the team and with the players and address them and be honest and very candid about where we are. And my message to them was about accountability and that I take responsibility where we are and that I'm committed to them and doing everything I can. This is a player's league. This is about the players. So you're only as good as the players that you have in your building, and it's a people business. You're only as good as the people that you have in your building. So 
Our commitment is to find the best people, to utilize the resources that we have, to try to continue to move this program along in a positive direction. Say we've made some strides and some progress. You know, we're, we put ourselves in a decent position. I think that's the best way to summarize it. I think it's important and nobody wants to hear words. It's about action and nobody's going to be happy until we have results behind that action. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen. As you guys just saw, some of you guys probably saw and heard it again. That was Nick Casario doing his opening statement during his press conference on Monday. And I played it again because there's a guy sitting on the opposite side of the screen by the name of Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 610 that was at the press conference alongside of me. Brandon, welcome back to Locked On Texans. <laughs> yeah, man. Always, uh, always good to be joining you and especially good to be joining the show around these times. I think that especially when you're covering the level of team that we've been covering over the last few years, to all of mm -hmm. the losing and all of the lack drama. of success and all of the <laughs> drama. But in terms of like building the team and, and what's important about the team, this is the most, the off season is more important than the season itself for mm -hmm. a team like this. And so this is when the work begins for us, my man. Yeah. You ain't lying about that. Now, of course, we're in this situation because of the firing of coach Lovey Smith that took place on Sunday, literally right when the team landed from a victory in Indianapolis. Brandon, before we start talking about Nick Casario, I want to get your thoughts about the firing of Coach Lovey Smith. Yeah, I, I think it was something that they needed to do, that they had to do, um, just from the standpoint of knowing that Lovey Smith was not going to be the coach and this staff was not going to be the staff that was going to lead them. Uh, that was going to lead them to where they're trying to go. I mm -hmm. think that that's uh, I think that that much was clear. Um, I also think that they probably knew that when they hired Lovey, um, and, and that's the curious part of the last two coaching hires <laughs> to begin with is that, yeah, and this is my issue with it, Cody, is that now we have two years in a row. Well, now we're going to have a third year in a row where they're going to hire a new coach, but we have now two years in a row where they hired a coach either in David Cully or in Lovey Smith that they either didn't believe in or should not have believed in. And I would say whether they believed in David Cully or not, they should not have believed in him. And with Lovey Smith, you can just tell from the way that the hiring process went down last year. If you can remember, you know, mm -hmm. he wasn't one of the names on the interview list and the finalist list until it became clear that he was, you know, somebody that they were going to hire. Like we, we didn't even know that Lovey Smith was a legitimate candidate until it looked like he was the one that they were going to actually hire. He didn't even know. He remember? didn't even know. And yeah. in, his, in, his, in his um introductory press conference, he said, I don't even remember when I became a candidate. <laughs> yeah, but he but he did acknowledge uh, it was kind of a, a throw in comment. But in one of his quotes, he acknowledged there toward the end that it was uh, that it that it happened sort of late in the game or, mm -hmm. or something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing, but that was essentially what he said. So knowing all of that has to make you feel a little bit uneasy about processes and credibility and instability. And those are the things that I wanted them to answer for and the questions that I had for Nick Casario when we talked to him on Monday. But but that but that's my reaction is that now they've gone through two coaching hires where they went with somebody that they either didn't believe in or shouldn't have believed in. And it just seems like a, like a large waste of time. I know a lot of us being mm -hmm. made nationally about how the, the Texans have treated two black coaches in back-to-back -back years. 
And I, I think that that's something that they've earned based off of their own incompetence. Had mm-hmm. they had they actually made sensible hires and and then gone like had some conviction with it and actually gone with it, whether it had been Lovey Smith in 2021 or keeping David Cully through 2022, had they done either one of those things, I don't think they would be having the answer for what looks like from the outside looking in. Like if you're not as connected to it day to day, like like I am, like you are, mm-hmm. and like a lot of our listeners are who are Texans fans and are clinging to and hanging to every headline and every fact about the Texans, and we have a better, much better grasp for the team and the coaching performances that we've seen over the last two years, like we understand that. But there's not really a, a, a good – and and significant reason for people beyond us to be really be paying attention to this team and so they just kind of fly in and they're looking from a bird's eye view and from afar and they're saying man they they hired and fired these two black coaches and didn't give either of them a chance and it's like uh no it's not that they it's not that they didn't give the black coaches a chance it's that they didn't give any they like no coach would have had a chance here like even if even if this had been white coaches it would have been a, a piss poor process and and you could have made the same argument about unfairness to not giving one guy more than one year to prove himself. Like the fact that neither Lovey Smith or David Cully would get more than one year to prove himself to me is something that wouldn't uh, like that. That's something that should bother you for, for any coach, no matter what color they are, and, but more so than anything should, reflect poorly on the process and the belief that the team had and the people that they hired you know what took place has already taken place now we're looking at nick casario going into year three third head coaching hire what were some of your takeaways from the nick casario press conference that was completely different from what we basically got used to yeah i mean i guess that is the takeaway was just how different the tone was how much more i don't know if deferential is the word but it's it almost took like a somber tone Mm -hmm. and you could tell that nick casario had had a long couple of days a long last couple (laughs) of days i don't know if i'd ever seen him or heard him quite look or sound like that And, and what i mean by that is you know he's a guy that i think for a lot of people might even border on arrogance and you know uh and i don't know if i necessarily like Maybe I do agree with that, but I don't I don't necessarily have a problem with it. But what did stand out is that none of that really seemed to be the case on Monday when he stood in front of us. And I know a thing that a lot of us took away from a lot of us who were there noticed that he mentioned on several occasions, at least five. I think we counted at the radio station where, you know, he talked about his job being in jeopardy or suggested Mm -hmm. that, you know, next wrong thing or if they don't get this thing right you know his he's on borrowed time i think the exact quote that he had at some point uh later on in the press conference was that the clock is ticking you know which is obvious i mean the clock is ticking on every last one of us but but it's certainly ticking on him in terms of how how long can you lean on and i thought about this too cody how long can nick casario lean on the built-in excuses that we all acknowledge were real and fair to to Mm. afford him but for how long is he going to be able to rely on that as the excuse and the reason for why this team has not really made any progress? The reason why you have not seen this team really make take any steps toward being in the next step in the next direction. Um, so in the next phase of the rebuild, like they they are still it feels like, you know, until they start making these picks, which is why it is, is it is an exciting offseason until they start making these picks and until they start spending this money 
until they hire a coach like right now in this moment it still feels very much like it did when nick casario got hired in 2021 <laughs> so in ahead of the 2021 season and here we are going to be into the third season of this so uh so that stands out to me um, another thing or, or i would just say about the whole tone of it and, and what i what my read of it was what he was kind of trying to say when he's talking about his own job security or lack thereof if things don't work out or, or don't turn out to work out any better than they have so far the thing that stood out to me with my, my takeaway of it is that the next coach whoever they hire as the head coach and i know you, you know we've seen who all the candidates are the most recent big name out there was sean payton or <laughs> the, he's easily the biggest name and the most coveted candidate probably the top candidate i would say mm -hmm. of all of the coaching candidates that are going to be out this uh this cycle but the takeaway for me is that whoever they hire as coach is going to outlast or outsurvive Nick Casario if and when this thing goes south. Now, it's it's entirely possible that they hire the coach, they turn things around, everything looks good, everybody's happy, everybody's successful, and we don't revisit this conversation. Nobody, we're not talking about anybody getting fired because everybody's doing their job well. Like that, that's entirely in play. But if not, the like the next time the you know what hits the fan things go south and it's time to fire somebody because they're that bad that somebody's got to go the way i took it is that it's not going to be the coach next time the coach is going to survive the next power struggle or the next you know a sense of calamity it's going to be nick casario who's going to be out on his tail and is going to be have to have to be the one to answer for it that that was what i read from the tone is that reality is that actually what they're going to do trying to pre predict what the Texans are going to do is almost insane. So, I, I, I mean, I know we do it and, and that's part of our job, but that's not what I'm doing here. I'm not saying that that's actually what's going to happen because I don't know. I still don't know exactly how and to what measures folks are held accountable around there um, because I feel like there's some inconsistency and just a lack of clarity on that. But based off of the tone and based off of the words that we heard in that press conference, it seems like the next time somebody's got to go, it's going to be the general manager, Nick Casario. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try a Bilt Bar. Well, we just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is eating a little healthier, a lot of healthier this year, actually. And if you're like me, and sometimes you want to eat healthy, but you don't want to compromise in taste, then, man, you got to try something different. You got to try these Bilt Bar. Try Bilt Healthy actually tasty seriously they're so delicious you won't think that it's good for you you mean you may think we're lying to you but we're not here on the locked on texas podcast i'm not gonna lie to you these are perfect for your new year resolutions and the best part about it is you can go over check them out get some at the sam's club or you can get some at walmart as well right now you don't need to wait around for a box for years we've been talking about ordering built bars at built.com now you can get them again at your local walmart or sam's club super easy uh just go in cop them grab go to the car before you get home have a little snack in the car why, why don't you so make sure you check us out check out built bar again at built.com or at your local sam's or walmart Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this latest installment of Locked On Texans. And Brandon, I can't let you go without talking about the last game of the season that might have been the most 
probably the second most frustrating to watch <laughs> other than the week one contest against the same team in the Texans for some reason. I'm not going to say some reason because I am happy for the players. And B. Scott, you've been in the locker room like me. You know, you get to know these players. And, you know, regardless of what media people think, regardless of what fans think, you know, these guys do not go out there on the field to lose a game. Everyone understand that the field, the court, the diamond, whatever the case might be, players and coaches are not uh, are they are not down with tanking. Um, but my biggest issue with this 32 to 31 victory against the Colts on Sunday was the fact that everything that we wanted to see out of the coaching staff, out of the players, out of hell, Davis Mills to be more pacific. We saw it in the final game of the season, <laughs> Brandon. What what are your takeaways from this game? <laughs> you know, Cody, you remember when Jonathan Grenard uh, got that pick six in the game? Took mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, picked off the Sam Ellinger pass. By the way, by the way, uh, another guy we all had high hopes for at right. the start of the season. <laughs> all right. All right. Exactly. So, which is what I'm getting at, what I'm getting to. I thought to myself. How did I know that Jonathan Grenard has been back for the last uh, what for the last couple of weeks for the last few weeks or so? So I know mm-hmm. this wasn't like his first game back playing mm-hmm. in the last game of the season, but still, <laughs> as you mentioned, we had high hopes for Jonathan Grenard, and I still think he's a hell of a player. And when healthy, can be you know a really good contributor. On you know, he was the guy that I was most excited about at that draft class when they drafted him. Yeah, you know, I know I remember you know that that. You know, Ross Blacklock was the was the pick. You know, they didn't have a first. So he was the pick of the year and, every, and the one that everybody focused on because he was part of the – that pick was part of the DeAndre Hopkins trade. And then Ross himself, obviously, is a local kid. So there was a lot of reasons to kind of fixate on him as a pick. But I remember saying, hey, man, Jonathan Grenard, dude led the SEC in sacks and tackles for loss. I'm interested to see what that looks like. You know, mm. so I've, I've, I've always been more excited about Jonathan Grenard out of all the guys in that draft class. And, and, and love how he deals with us and deals with the mm-hmm. public. I think he does a good job of being held accountable uh, or being accountable and holding the team accountable. And then also just keeping it real. Um, like when I talk about accountability, just being one of the more honest quotes that we get. But and so I say all of that to say that I like Jonathan Grenard a lot. But man, when he picked that thing off. <laughs> And took it back. I thought, man, he picked a fine time of all times. Now he want to be healthy. He picked a fine time to be healthy and 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 like opportunistic and everything, being in the right place at the right time and making a pretty good hand-eye coordination kind of move there. Mm-hmm. You know, we forget how special athletes these guys are. Like, oh, like that looks easy. No, nah, man, that that that's not actually as easy of a play to make. Even though it seemed like Sam threw it right to him. He's a defensive lineman. He's not expecting to get a catchable ball in that moment, and he catches it and runs it back. It's a hell of a play. Mm-hmm. You love to see it. If it ain't that weak, if the number <laughs> one pick ain't on the line, if you ain't done all of this doggone losing throughout the year, just put you in a position to upgrade your roster and get a player that can change the direction of your franchise. And so that was one of my things was like watching Jonathan Grenard take back the pick six thinking, oh, now you want to be healthy. Now you healthy, huh? And uh, and I said this. I wish I could. Let me see if I can find. Remember the players' names because they were nondescript players. But for all of the hand wringing, Cody, about how hard the Texans tried, and like you said, they're not gonna try to tank. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Not not only do they not want to, but there's an integrity issue with that. They can't be out there throwing the game. Like all, <laughs> all hell would break loose. We would raise all kind of hell. It would be like, I'm pretty sure Congress would probably get involved. Like that would be a mm-hmm. major story if they obviously and clearly tried to lose the game themselves as players. The way, the way to actually do it is from an administrative standpoint for Nick Casario to step up and say, Brandon Cooks is not playing. You know, Jeff Driscoll will get this. We're making another QB change, and Jeff Driscoll will, will get the start. And the only way Davis Mills plays is if Jeff, Jeff Driscoll literally cannot. Like, if something happens to him, <laughs> God forbid, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, we're going to do that. We're going to feed Rex Burkhead. We're going to, you know, do all of the things that don't make sense, a lot of the things in which they did during the season. Exactly. And, that, <laughs> and that's how we're going to lose the game. We're not going to actually ask the players to go out there and tank. We're just going to put the worst players out there and let the chips fall where they may. But I mentioned this, too. Like, for all the hang, hand-wringing about how hard they tried, how hard Lovey Smith coached, going for two at the end to ensure the win, okay? For all of that, it came down to two players for me, man. It came down to two players that played for the Colts. And I said that Texans fans should hate these two guys for the, for eternity. Sports hate. You know, let's be reasonable. Let's not be ridiculous. But mm-hmm. – Texans fans should sports hate these two Colts players until he turned it, certainly until the number two pick or whatever ends up happening with the draft actually works out. But for now, they should hate these two players. And the Bears, Bears fans should elevate them into the Bears ring of honor or <laughs> pay pay them. I, don't, I know you can't pay a bonus to a player on another team, but they need to figure that out because Cameron McGrone, the linebacker playing special teams on that mm-hmm. kick return after – Somehow the Texans only for like the second or third time all year, maybe the second time all year, uh, conducted a touchdown drive to open the game. You know, we don't see opening touchdown drives as as Texans observers. It's not a thing that happens, but they did it in this game. So coming off of that drive, they get the return and Cameron McGrone, (laughs) a guy who I cannot pretend to know a lot about, linebacker and special teamer for the Colts. Forces a fumble on his own man. Yep. On his own teammate, leading to a short field for the Texans and subsequently a field goal, allowing the Texans to get off to a 10 0 start. They got a 10 0 jump on this game. And that was the point where I started to really get worried like, oh, not only could they win this game, it looks like they might. Because the Colts, the Colts, I know they were down twenty to three against the Texans and came back and tied it. But yeah, how do you feel good about the Col- like the Colts gave up the biggest lead of the year and and in NFL history this year? Okay, against mm-hmm. the Vikings. I mean that that's what they're made of. So you feel like you get up ten to nothing on a team like that, you're probably gonna win. So that was when I first started feeling bad. Cameron McGrone. and then Cody. Fat. That's the beginning of the game. Fast forward to the end of the game. Ronald Thomas, Ronald Thomas the second, I think was his name, the safety, who mistimes the jump on the lollipop pass, Hail Mary throw from Davis Mills to Jordan Akins that just falls in his hands, but only falls in his hands because it went through the hands of Ronald Thomas, who I would guess, I mean, I don't know when the kids started playing football, but I would guess that's one of the more that's going to be one of the easier interception opportunities that he'll ever get in his entire life. Certainly mm-hmm. in the NFL, mm-hmm. one of his easiest interception opportunities of his life. OK, 
mistimes this jump. Ball goes right through his hands, into the hands of Jordan Aikens for the touchdown that sets up the two-point two conversion, that sets up, sets up the win, and negates the Texans for a good part of the season here at the end, having the number one overall pick, seemingly locked up until they didn't. Mm-hmm. So so those those are the two players that I think about and the two plays that I reflect on in this game. I mean, like some positives, right, are – Hey, you had a couple of rookies to play well. Tegan Quatoriano had a couple of really good catches. Kenyon Green, I thought, played his best game. Nick Casario said that on Sports Radio 610 on Wednesday when he talked to Payne and Pendergast in the morning. And it was something that I noticed when I watched the game. And I reluctantly rewatched this game on Monday because I watched it originally in a social setting at a bar and I was drinking and I was having a good time. So I wanted to watch it with a little bit more of a critical eye kind of sit down and watch it and i did on monday and that was one of my takeaways was oh look at king and green out there holding his own mm-hmm. so like you had some positives that i'll take away and that i'll remember from the game but like the the main story of them losing the number one overall pick to me had a lot to do with cameron mcgrone <laughs> forcing a fumble on his own teammate and this thomas character not being able to catch the easiest interception possibly of his career just it just it 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 astounds me that 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 could happen so what about your evaluation of davis mills because you know i was a believer at one time in davis mills and i and i also said this on the um recap show on monday that we did right before we got the news about lovey smith was the fact that i was also frustrated in him to a certain extent because everything that i wanted to see out of davis mills I saw on Sunday, you know, I saw um, Davis Mills go out there and be aggressive, go out there, help this team push the put move the chains. Um, not only that, also wanted, I always wanted to see how Davis Mills will bounce back from mistakes. And he threw not one, but two interceptions. And here you are, you put together arguably, if not one of your best and most impressive drive of your career at the end of the game that actually led to the Texans winning this game. So even then I was frustrated. So, well, what are your evaluations about Davis Mills? By the way, he did say when we talked to him on Monday that he hoped that he did enough to save his job for another season. <laughs> Come on, man. So this was, to me, this was a very much a quintessential Davis Mills type of game. I mean, this is who Davis Mills is. Like, So my th- I was thinking about this, too, before we started recording, it, about Davis Mills specifically, like, he does this thing where, where you want to say, you want to come away from the game saying, man, Davis Mills had a really good game. That mm-hmm. that was a really good game. And then you go back and look at the game and you're like, yeah, he had some really good moments. And overall, maybe he did have a good game. But he also had some moments in there where you understand why he's Davis Mills, why he's not, you know, why he's not really going to be the guy that they invest in for, for their long-term future. I mean, here we are talking about how well he played and he did, but he still had a couple interceptions or at the very least, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the pick six. That was and one know. of them was really bad, by the way. I can't wish, can't remember which one it was, but it was basically like he just threw it right to the defender. I was yeah. like, come on, bro. And he does that though. Like it, it <laughs> those those things do happen. And so you and the reason why I say it's a quintessential Davis Mills game is because you get both drastic different variances of of what Davis Mills is, like the really good. Uh, you know, game manager, but also can make a couple of plays. And I, and to be fair to him, Cody, I thought, I thought 
that Davis Mills has played better over the last, let's see, let's call him four three, or five weeks. Yeah, yeah, the last, yeah, at least he came the last, back from his benching. Yeah, at least going back to, you know, what is what have you been seeing him do out there diving with the ball, mm-hmm. like trying to, you know, ball security issues, but it's because he's trying to make plays, you know, diving towards either the pylon or towards the, you know, the fumble that led to the to the Rex Burkhead. Uh, oh, yeah, touchdown uh, <laughs> into the know, sea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he, he's he been doing that, you know. Um, and even on that drive, he almost threw a pick uh, on the on the play right before that. Should have mm-hmm. been uh, an interception thrown. So, like, we, we've seen this mixed bag from Davis Mills, and I thought, I thought honestly, that was the more – if anything, that was the – the thing that I feel like I could rely on most and, and was most consistent with what I'd seen in the prior weeks. I was like, okay, well, Davis Mills, we know for sure is playing for his job. We know Davis Mills ain't out there tanking, but I mean, overall, man, it just confirmed to me what I already know. Davis Mills is a backup. Fine, <laughs> fine to have him. Fine to have him back on the, he'll be back. He, he will be back, mm-hmm. but, but he's got to accept the reality of even at the end of the season, they were still bringing in the other quarterback, the, the practice squad quarterback, to add another element to the offense that they feel like you couldn't bring and not only that you couldn't bring, but that the offense itself under you was not good enough without it. Mm-hmm. The whole Jeff Driscoll thing. So you don't go from, Hey, we're platooning quarterbacks. We we're running a two quarterback system after we've benched the guy to now the next year, he's going to be the guy that we're going to run with. Like that's just not going to happen. Whether they draft somebody or whether they bring in a veteran and either give him like legitimate competition or, it really be just sort of understood that whatever veteran they bring is going to be the starter. So like, I don't think he's long for this starting job. And when I say long for it, I say he's done starting until whoever the next starter is gets hurt or is un- unavailable to play for a game. Mm-hmm. That'll be the next time we see Davis mills out there other than a preseason game. But yeah, man, I, 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 I didn't think that let's just suffice it to say this Cody. I didn't think that, as much as I liked what I saw from Davis Mills, and I did like a lot of it, okay? As much as I liked what I saw from Davis Mills post-benching, I didn't think it was nearly enough or anywhere close to having you consider doing anything other than, in this offseason, anything other than drafting a quarterback at number two overall, which is where I think this team should be right now. So kudos to Davis Mills for doing his thing. I'm pretty sure it made him feel good because, you know, having won a lot of games since he's been around and whenever he quarterbacks. But, yeah, no, it, it, it it's not going to do. He need, he needs more people. Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 610. Brandon, really quick, where can our listeners follow you at on all your social media platforms? And be sure to tell them about the B-Block podcast and your other podcast, by the way, that you host with Adam Spillane. Yeah, man, I'm a podcasting <laughs> fool these days, man. I come on and I podcast with you every week, at least as, uh, as much as I can with you and John Hickman. So I'm glad to always be able to do that. I appreciate y'all's hospitality for letting me in and, and yes, y'all's sir. space and letting me be a part of the show. I, I yes, genuinely sir. feel like I'm a part of <laughs> You should. I do enough shows <laughs> with y'all that I feel like the Locked On Texans podcast is a part of my portfolio as well. Mm. Uh, and that and that's thanks to y'all's hospitality, and I appreciate that. So so I, I would say that and say thank you. But also, of course, I do the B-Block podcast at least once a week, sometimes a couple of times if it's really busy. So make sure y'all are subscribing to that, the B-Block podcast, wherever you get your podcast. And then Adam Spillane and I, who you mentioned, Adam Spillane, SportsRadio610.com, covers 
the Rockets, the Astros, the Texans, everything for us at SportsRadio610.com. We just started up the H-Town Hoops podcast mm. where we're covering the Rockets, you know, and they're having a similar sort of process of not being very good and, and honestly not seeming to make the kind of progress that you would like to see a rebuild make as much as you might like the players that they have and the pieces that they put together. You might feel good about that, but you can't feel good about what you're seeing on the court. And so Adam Spillane and I are deep diving into that a couple of times a week. We actually just dropped an episode on Wednesday and another one's coming Thursday. And so we do that a couple of times a week. It's really fun. You can get that where that's an Odyssey production, by the way, uh, with Sports Radio 610. And you can get that wherever you get your podcast so yeah man a lot a lot going on a lot to do um and of course you can find me at sportsradio610.com at sportsradio610 on social media that's normally me and uh listen to the shows man you might know you never know when i might pop up on the air and as always i'm your host cody m davis please remember to follow me on twitter at cody davis underscore 24 once again it's cody c-o-t-y d-a-v-i-s underscore 24 and be sure to check out my co-host john some sports guy hickman as well until next time ladies and gentlemen peace